at the end of the day, it's like, okay, have your moment, vent, don't spiral, because that's really easy to do when people get into spiral thinking. And it's like, look, you are the only person at the helm of your ship. Hello, and welcome to How to Fail Successfully, the podcast that teaches the steps to success through the stories of failures. I'm so happy that you can join me as I interview some of my favorite people and encourage them to share their story with you. I'm Matthew Carrier, and this is How to Fail Successfully. Welcome back to another episode of How to Fail Successfully. My name is Matthew Carrier, and I'm so thankful you're joining me today. On this episode, I sit down with Sarah Dandeshi. She is the LA Concierge. She hosts an online travel show called Ask a Concierge. She's a contributing columnist for LA Travel Magazine, New York Travel Magazine, Discover Los Angeles, Los Angeles Tourism, and the Convention Board. She has worked in some of the most prestigious hotels, including the London Hotel, Four Seasons, Washington, D.C., the Peninsula, and she's recognized as one of the leading concierges in the world. Now, before you turn off this episode because you think, well, what can I learn from a concierge besides the best places to go eat in Los Angeles or go visit, which I do ask, Sarah has built a brand, a very, very successful brand. She moved to Los Angeles to be an actress, to be a writer, to be a producer, and after she got into the concierge world and started developing her brand, she has actually had opportunities to do the exact same things that she went out there to do, just maybe looks a little bit different than she originally thought it would. She's happy. She has so much knowledge. She wants to share with us. Here's my conversation with Sarah. Enjoy. Welcome, Sarah Dandeshi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm just thankful that you're willing to do this. This is great. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited that you're putting together. This podcast is awesome and I love the theme of it. And when you asked me, I was like, dude, yes. Well, <laughs> so it's a when, I, when I asked her, she was like, but I've never failed before. So why would I even <laughs> spend time talking about this? Oh, it's all a mirage. I've never <laughs> failed. <laughs> no one successful has ever failed, right? Uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have a podcast if that was the case. <laughs> exactly. Very well, true. First and foremost, can you explain to my audience what is a concierge? Oh, yeah. Let's start at the basics. Let's start at okay. the basics. Cool. So I am a hotel concierge. And generally speaking, when you travel to higher end hotels, like four star, five star hotels, uh, they have a concierge. Uh, Generally, the concierge sits kind of close to where the front desk is, but they are very different from the front desk. The front desk are the people that check you in, they check you out, etc. The concierge basically is your liaison to the city. You go to the concierge when you want to know what tours to take, what restaurants to go to, if there are any shows in town, even if you just want to get walking directions somewhere or maybe find out the best way to get from point A to point B, they are your point person for that. So pretty much anything outside of the hotel, that's what you go to the concierge for. Well, you're doing so many cool things right now. Can you kind of share with us uh, just what all you're working on? 
So, well, yeah, as far as work-wise, um, I do work uh, at the hotel. I work at the London Hotel in West Hollywood as a concierge. Um, I also have my own online brand called Ask a Concierge, where I create content um, for people that are really interested in doing things around Los Angeles, people, just travelers, hospitality professionals looking for service insights. Um, so I've really created this awesome brand. I mean, it makes me excited to do work for it. And, uh, so I do video content photos. Um, and I work with a couple of different, uh, companies that sponsor content as well too. And I consult, I do hospitality consulting. What, I am, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, what does that mean? So basically, you know, a couple of Different companies, whether they're hotels or actually whether they're not even in hospitality whatsoever, they'll call me in uh, to help consult and help come up with a game plan for them if they feel like they're lacking in like service elements or hospitality elements. Okay. I'll come in and help come up with a game plan for them uh, and help them execute and really raise their levels of service offerings, um, you know, kind of giving them that hotel touch with them not being a hotel. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So lots of good stuff. Lots and lots of good so, stuff. So happening. you're busy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. But you know what? It's so exciting when you're creating your own opportunities. And it's like, if you're doing it for yourself, and if you're doing it for the right reason, you have no problem getting up in the morning. You have no problem working 18 hour days. I mean, you might be a little cranky at the end of the day, but like you do it, you find the drive, you find the passion, you find the energy. I mean, people all the time are like, how do you have like so much energy to do this? And I'm like, dude, I'm like making my this, dreams happen. Yeah, this is like, what you were made for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, right now it is a bit of a, you know, a balance because at some point I would like to be completely just working on my own company. Yeah. Um, but it, and, but the cool thing is it's like, Oh, more is coming in and it's, I just know I'm on the right path and you know, it's a transition. And at one point it'll get to, it'll be obvious when it's like, okay, I can make that transition. I'm good. And, you know, in the meantime, you just had to rock that hustle, embrace that hustle, be okay with maybe not having a social life a little bit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> different things like that, that, you know, I mean, that part is not really exciting, but it's like, when you look at the bigger picture, the sacrifices are small. And so, you know, I, I'm just, I'm really driven by big picture. I've always been a big picture person. And Sometimes, sometimes it's not a great thing because, you know, you need to focus and be, you know, really, um, hone in on specifics. And I'm like, but I'm thinking big picture. And it's like, no, we need specifics. So sometimes, yeah, that's not great. But a lot of times because of just naturally thinking big picture, it's very easy for me to prioritize and be like, okay, yeah, I can't do that, but I'm going to do this. Mm. So yeah, life is just really like, it's a bunch of it's every day you're just prioritizing. Well, you and I haven't talked in, in, in a little while. And so I had an opportunity <laughs> to, to look at some of the really amazing things that you are doing. Yeah. And before we sort of talk about that or get into more of those things, let's go back a little bit and yes. sort of share with us how you got to the point where you are today. Sure. So um, a, my backstory is – I always had a passion for film and TV. And when I moved to Los Angeles, that was what I was out here to do. But like any person that comes to Los Angeles, that's 
exploring the entertainment industry, you got to get another job, a day job. Yeah. Uh, I had, I went to school in Washington, D.C., and I'd worked at the Four Seasons while I was going to school. So when I came to L.A., I was like, okay, I'll work in hotels. They get benefits. It's perfect. It's lovely. So I applied at um, the Lermitage Hotel in Beverly Hills, and I interviewed with the general manager, and I was applying for, like, a cocktail server, bartender, something like that. And he's like, well, what do you think about being a concierge? Now, I had known enough about being a concierge that I knew that I was like, um, I just moved to L.A. How on earth? And I was like 22. How the heck was I going to be this expert on Beverly Hills and all things of the finer life at such a young age? I mean, like, my gosh, those were like really big shoes to fill. But and I was honest with him. I told him I was like, hey, I just moved to L.A., but I'm good with maps. Like, I'm good with maps. Really? It's like. Oh, it's like the, the I carried a watermelon joke. Like, really, that's what I said. I'm good with maps. But <laughs> he was like, cool, I'll take that. And um, yes. and he was like, you have the right personality. And I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> um, and then now, 12 and a half years later, um, he was right. I had the right personality. And it was actually really cool because at the 10-year mark of me being a concierge, I actually won an award internationally for being the best young concierge in the world. Um, I'm part of this organization of professional concierge called Les Clés d'Or, uh, which means the gold keys in French. So if you're at a fancy hotel and you see a concierge that have, they have two gold crossed key pins on their lapels, you know you're talking to a real deal professional. Now, in the meantime, in the mix of all of this, I was like, okay, it's cool. I'm into the concierge space, but hey, I still had my interest in in film and TV. So I would audition for stuff. I was doing sketch comedy. I did stand up like twice um, <laughs> until I was like, maybe this is not this my is thing. Not it, yeah. Maybe not my bag. That's cool. I'm totally cool with that. But um, so I and I was writing, and so I about. Five years ago, I was taking a writing course to basically write a comedy web series. And the instructor gave everybody uh, an assignment to create their own vlog. And, you know, one girl was getting married, so she did a really cool vlog about that. The other girl was really into sports, so she did that. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I'll talk about the the stuff I talk about every day to guests, like, and who people, I'm like, I don't know who's going to want to watch this, but I don't really care. It's just it's an assignment, assignment for class. Yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll just, oh God, who cares? I'll call it Ask a Concierge. Like, I'm not kidding. It was like, everything was just, I was just pulling it out of the air. And then pulling it out of the air just to like, get the assignment done. Did the first video. Mind you, like I shot it on my iPhone and edited it on iMovie. Very classy. Um, <laughs> It is still up online. Yes. <laughs> if anyone ever sees it, oh my gosh, I'm wearing a scarf and I look like a flight attendant. It's awful. But, and I have bangs, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, um, so I, I created this and immediately people were like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I'm like, wait, what? This is, what? You guys like this? You want to know about what to do in Hollywood Boulevard? You live in LA. And they're like, no, no, we live in LA. But, like, we have friends that come to town and we always need to know what to do with them or, you know, they're also – we sometimes need to figure out what we want to do. So this is great. It's like having, like, all of your insight in our pocket. And at that moment, that was, like, this light bulb moment. And I'm like, oh, whoa. 
my audience is not just travelers. My audience is actually people here in yeah. LA. So all of a sudden I realized, wow, what I'm sharing actually does have value and I have a broader audience and I'm like, whoa, this is something I should really pursue. So, you know, I was doing my own shoots and edits and I was like miserable because it would take me six, like it would take me like a whole night. I would basically, I'm like, I did the math. I would lose an entire night of sleep a week if I was going to continue doing a video a week. And I was like, <laughs> I'm good. I can't do this. So um, I got my then boyfriend at the time who was getting into editing. I was like, okay, can you please beg him, beg him, beg him um, to shoot and edit my stuff? And he did. And then I was like, oh, I want to make these bigger and badder and whatever. You know, because like when you're totally green, you're like, you want to make everything amazing. And, you know, he was like, Dude, there's Multi-camera, no Multi-camera, <laughs> multiple lights. <laughs> wasn't quite that crazy, okay. but I was like, yo, can we spice up the editing? And he was like, I'm not being paid for this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, this is ouch. How do you fire your boyfriend? But um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> we were still together for a little bit after that. But um, but and then I ended up hiring another guy that um, was he was younger. You know, he was like 19 years old and really like hungry. And he made incredible videos. So then it went to the this other incarnation where then the, the um, production value went up even more. And then I got like awesome videos with like, uh, you know, celebrity chefs from like top chef and, you know, did like really cool things that got interactive. Um, and so in the meantime, I was growing this. I then become a member of Les Clay Door, you know, the concierge association. And I'm, I'm a little bit nervous because I have this out there, but I really didn't advertise what I was doing to the concierge community because the concierge community is really particular about what is out there. And at first it really rubbed me the wrong way because it was like, really, do these guys really have to have like a stick up their butt the whole time? Wow. I can't believe I just said that, but whatever, <laughs> but whatever somebody here, but, but you know, but I, this was me kind of as an outsider. I was like, why are they so strict about things? They need to just loosen up. But now that I've been a part of the association and I've been, an integral part of, I see, I know how things work from the inside. The reason why they're so strict is because they're really just trying to uphold the profession. And so understanding that now I understand why they were so strict with, you know, their rules and what information is out there, et cetera. So in the meantime, I, so I'm growing Ask a Concierge. I'm now becoming this organ, I'm now becoming a part of this organization and I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to start telling like concierge, like they're going to discover this. And I, I hope that they're okay with it. And I kind of got to a point in my life that, you know, or as far as like how I felt about it, I was like, I'm so passionate about what I'm building with Ask a Concierge that, you know what, if they're not with it, fine, I'm just going to continue doing my own thing. And I'll just, I'll be, I'm okay with them not supporting me. And lo and behold, they loved it. They totally got on board. And then I was like, sweet. So now my audience was not only visitors, not only people in Los Angeles, but hospitality professionals, specifically concierge. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm onto something. So in the meantime, as I'm like, you know, again, going back to thinking big picture, I'm like, I am building a brand. And we, I don't know the entire journey of where this is going to go because life is going to present me with opportunities. I'm going to have a roadmap, but I'm always open to what life is going to present me. But I, all I know is that I'm on this, I'm on this train. I'm on the ask a concierge train. So I'm thinking big picture. So when I found out that there was this competition for best young concierge in the world, I'm like, I am doing that 
and I am winning. So, (laughs) (laughs) which is, and I mean, for those that know me, I'm not necessarily like that aggressive, but I was like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm winning and I'm going to do it in a skirt and in heels and whatever. I mean, it was just so silly, (laughs) but, um, but I, which I ended up doing. And because for me, I was like, I'm building a bigger brand. I don't need this accolade for myself. Like I know what I do. I know what I do on a day-to-day basis. Um, But I was like, I want this because I need this recognition because this is just another tick on the ladder on, you know, on the basic, well, not a a tick on the checklist or another, you know, rung on the ladder of of like the bigger game plan. And so that's how I viewed it. And don't get me wrong, I definitely had to do the work, but um, it actually was really helpful that I was doing Ask a Concierge because by the time I got to the conference that where they were holding the competition, everybody knew me. So I was already like this like darling, you know, and they were like, Oh my gosh, we all are supporting Sarah. Now, mind you in this competition, it's like everybody's representing a country, you know, it's like the concierge Olympics. So like I was team USA. So to have people from other countries be like, Hey, you're totally better than the guy representing (laughs) us. And I'm just like, dude, can you not say that so loud? Somebody's going to say, I was like, Hey, love the support. Thank you. I will see you the next time I come to Germany. But yo, can you like <laughs> maybe be like a little bit more discreet? Um, but it was awesome. It was really, really great. And um, so again, it was like part of that whole big picture building and kind of growing and building together. Then and then, yeah, and it's gone through waves. And and after that, I was like, okay, now that I won this award, let's get back to making content. Okay, well, and you I, just glossed so, over that. So you won the award. Yeah. Oh, well, you didn't say that. You said you went there. Oh, oh, well, no, no. Well, yeah, I won. Okay. I told you. Okay. <laughs> I won. I won the award. No, I think I, I didn't know. Whatever. Well, I didn't know this was going to be the one that you won. I thought maybe it was going to be a different one that you won. I oh, no, no, no. I thought set up for like no. a failure, but you won this one. No, I won. Okay. There were, I wasn't going to allow myself to fail here. But okay. don't worry. We'll get to failures. Failures happen. I mean, they, they, dude, failures happen on a day-to-day basis. I mean, like, you know, they messed up my Starbucks order this morning. It's like that's what life is. I'm kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> failures are more than messed up Starbucks orders, I promise. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I won. Now, okay, we'll get to the – I won't pass over this. I won, which was awesome. I came back and it was like, I was, I was overloaded. I was inundated. All of a sudden, in essence, I was like thrown onto the international stage of concierge. And I basically became what I felt like was the travel agent for concierge around the world. It didn't matter if it was for a guest, if it was for them personally, if it was for anything in the U.S., Sarah, can you help me with something in Florida? I'm like, I don't know much about Florida other than like where it is and like Orlando's there. Like, I don't, you know, I'm like, I'm not the Florida expert. So it was interesting because right after this amazing high and it was like a big thing, it was like, I felt like I crashed for like five, six months and it was, it was really rough. And it just, because I, I didn't have, I couldn't be that person for everybody. And, you know, because so much of that community is, is like based on friendships and associations and all of that. Um, you know, I couldn't say no. And so I just had to say yes. And 
but I was inundated and I was miserable. And I was like, what did I wish for? <laughs> what did I just wish on myself? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I ended up taking some time and like for myself and like spent some time really focusing on wellness, which sounds silly, but I had to, I was so burnt out. I was so drained. And it was just like, I was like, I have to like fix myself cause I'm so defeated. So I then ended up, interestingly enough, I ended up uh, taking the online course for, for the School of Greatness. Um, oh, yeah. So for people that are familiar with Lewis Howes, I ended up doing, he had an eight-week course, and I did it. And it, it was like, it just gave me the right amount of oomph and direction to like get me going again and get me refocused. Because I felt like winning this award, which I was like, I got to do really kind of threw me into a bit of a tizzy. And I, I felt like I had lost focus after that. I felt like I couldn't really get my focus. I was like drowning and people asking me for stuff. So I got refocused and I was like, I'm going to do two videos a week. So I found a new camera person who is still the same camera girl that I work with to this day. And I was like, Hey, we're going to do two, two videos a week. I'm going to plan it all out, but I need somebody to hop on board that's going to be okay with deadlines. You down? And she was like, I'm down. So awesome. that year we did, um, I think we did like 108 videos, and which was just like, oh my God, I can't believe we just, we did 108 videos. And it was amazing. What are on these videos? I really focused on kind of um, travel tips and insight on things to do in Los Angeles. So I've, anything from like best museums to go to, to top rooftop bars, to more specific things like, okay, let's talk about the Getty, the Getty Center and what you can do at the Getty Center. So it was very Los Angeles focused. And how long were the videos? They, um, they started at the beginning of the year. They started at, I know this is actually going to be shocking. They started at 15 seconds. Now, you might think that's easy, but these were like highly polished videos. And it was actually difficult because I'm like, how can I fit a lot of information into 15 second bites? Now, the reason why we did 15 seconds is because I was really trying to push Instagram. Uh. And that was how long the videos could be. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do like, five different videos. We'll do one and there'll be 15 and I can share them wherever. So 15 and then by March or April of that year, I could then, we were then able to increase it up to one minute. So then we started doing 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And then, then very shortly after that, it was like, what can we like cram into a minute? So that's like a, a bit of what we did. So we found, you know, we found our way in creating content for LA and people were really responding to it. So I'm like, the, and this was 2016. So then I started 2017. I'm like, okay, we want to, I want to branch out. I don't want us to just be LA. So let's try and incorporate more, um, more internet, like more travel destinations. So we did that. I bit off a bit more than I could chew. Um, it was definitely by the end of 2017, I was so deleted again, another, again, where we're finding where it's like, you have this amazing high and you go with it and you go with it. And then you get to a point where you're like, I, I can't keep up. Like this yeah. is, I ended up, I was, I'm like, I'm working a full-time job, but I'm losing money. And because I'd have to take off days to shoot, I have to pay to shoot. And, you know, mind you, because I hadn't totally started monetizing yet. So everything I was earning at work, I was putting into this. And, um, and I'm like, you know, I'm all for like, you got to give a little bit, you know, and you have to invest. It was like not at a 
a rate that I felt comfortable with. Um, so, you know, it was wonderful. I got all this great content with, you know, other places, but I was like, I can't do that. So interestingly enough, right around the holidays this and the start of this year, I took a timeout. Like I was like, okay, I need a video timeout and I need to really kind of figure things out and like what's going to make sense, you know, economically, time-wise, because my brand is growing in other ways and people are wanting to hire me for different things. And, you know, really kind of streamlining and not doing necessarily so much stuff for free, but like really kind of like, and not not to do, mean it in a crude way, but kind of like really focusing on what's going to bring me the either the most money or the at, at least the most return on my investment sure, of time. Absolutely. And so you know, I'm like, okay, well, also let's let's think about things. What's the one thing that I have in the travel industry in the travel content space that's different than everybody else? I work at a hotel, so I'm like, let's go back to the roots. Let's go back to the basics and really you know, hone in on the hotel aspect and the hospitality aspect, because anybody, you could take any blonde and like throw her in, you know, a dress and put her wherever. And she's like, Oh my God, I love to travel. Yeah. Cool. You and me to everybody. Like we, we know we go, we see them on online. It's amazing. But I was like, yeah, you can put me in dress and I can do that too. But I'm like, I'm bringing something so much more to the equation. I was like, exploit that. Let's tap into that, you know, um, don't be superficial. So that's what this year really has been about is, um, is kind of like digging back in and, and just kind of finding a little bit more of that meaning and tapping into like what makes me unique. Um, and as you can see, I definitely gave you a very long version of this story and a very like kind of detailed version more than I normally give. But I share that to show you that it's like, it's not all up, up, up. It's like up plateau. Maybe even you feel like you're going downwards and then you're up again. And it's, it's that constant reassessment. And, and I mean, you just really have to like, you have to do that. There's no other way to do it. And, and yeah, I mean, I made decisions and you could argue like maybe, I mean, one could even argue last year was like a financial fail. I was, I lost money last year. I'm like, how do I work full time and lose money? What, how does that work? But like, you know, I made a decision to do something and it wasn't economically, you know, realistic, but I, you know, I stopped, I reassessed and, you know, moving forward in a different way. And interestingly enough, at the start of this year, boom, 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 as I shifted my energy towards it, I ended up basically signing three different sponsored deals. So now all of a sudden where I wasn't having any money coming in to like help me fund my passion and creating videos. Now all of a sudden I've got three different companies that I'm working with and they're funding that. So all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, I can breathe. Oh my God. Yay. But you know, I mean, how long have I been, have I been doing this? Five years. It's like, you have to put in the time and it doesn't matter what industry it's like, you just, you have to do it. And it may not be glamorous. I know a lot of people don't find the idea of hard work sexy, but, um, that's, that's what you have to do. Here's a, here's a, here's a question I'm just curious about. Now this may not be, you may not have an answer for this, but you went out to LA to be a comedic writer or an actress. Is that correct? Uh, An actress and producer. Yeah. An actress and producer. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you still want to do that? Or do you feel like this job is giving you the opportunity to do those things? So, um, 
I feel like this is giving me the opportunity to do those things. So it's like that shifted. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally auditioned for QVC yesterday. So watch out, everybody. I might be selling a handbag in your living room. <laughs> on a, on a TV screen. I doubt it. I doubt it, but still. So yeah, I mean, look, I still have an agent and stuff, but it's been crazy. The, so this is what's crazy. So coming to LA, doing the whole actor producer thing. And then it's like that struggle. Oh, do I get an agent? How do I get an agent? Um, w one part that I actually didn't share, uh, not for any reason, just, I just kind of forgot, um, in the middle of all of this. So before I won my big concierge award, why I was really producing these videos at a higher quality. Cause a lot of people say like, why do you produce such a high quality? And it's like, I want to do it. I want to have a TV show. That's what I want. Uh -huh. I want to have a TV show. So I was producing higher qual quality stuff so that we could cut everything together and make a sizzle reel. I did have a development deal for a TV show, um, back in the end of 2000 to basically for 2015. And with that, that was interesting because I was super excited, but it's like, that was an area I was totally green in. And around that time is actually when I ended up dropping my agent because I was like, look, my schedule's getting crazy. There's no way I can add, you know, running to Santa Monica at five o'clock on a Friday for a cattle call for AT&T commercial. That's going to be for somebody else. So I ended up dropping my agent and just really kind of focusing on pitching TV shows. I had a development deal. The TV world is changing so drastically just with so many things going online and you have all these different platforms. I'm like, you know, Hulu to Amazon, Netflix, obviously they're all creating content now. So, you know, we were pitching travel channel and, and it took them over a year to get a no. I'm all for, give me a no. I don't care. I handle, dude, I'm rejected on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't really care, but just tell me so I can like move on. Cause it's like, as soon as I get the no, then it's like, okay, I just, I just redirect. Actually by my old roommate is a, um, is a motivational speaker and she didn't coin this by any means, but I remember she said it right around that time and it really stuck with me and it's not rejection, it's redirection. Hmm. And I'm like, dude, totally. It's not rejection. It's totally redirection. That's like that door closed, but I'm like, my feelings aren't hurt. Let's just pivot and Ooh, wow, cool. Another door. Let's go check that one out. So, you know, that was definitely along this whole journey another sort of, you know, thing that I was, you know, struggling with and trying to, you know, how can I get a TV show in a world that I don't really know anything about? All of a sudden I went from, in essence, being an actress and I'm like, okay, I get how this world works to being like, oh, I'm like, like trying to pitch a show. That's like a whole different ball game. I'm like coming in producer level, which, you know, I know a bit about, but I also don't know that much about. So, um, but that was a really great, you know, learning curve and a learning lesson, you know, and, you know, they didn't do anything with it. I have not given up on that, but I'm like, it's, I'm more so just being mindful and aware of what's out there and then we'll figure out the right platform for it. And also at the same time, I was like, look, maybe I can't necessarily control what happens, like who these people are in the quote unquote suits, if they, they're going to make up, you know, if they're going to decide to hire me, but I was like, what I can control. And that's, that was also another big thing is I was like, I can't focus on what I can't control. I can only focus on what I can. And I can't tell them to give me a TV show, 
but I can make my own channel on YouTube and on Instagram. Yes, you can. And that's what I did. Awesome. And that's what I did. So it was like, I'm making the content. I was like, it can be online or it can be on travel channel. It can be on wherever. So it was really like, I'm going to focus on that. And if I make enough noise, if I make enough of a splash, one of these days, these guys are going to finally, you know, open up their eyes and be like, oh, oh, who's this girl? Oh, she's actually like awesome. And it's like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but it's like, but you, you just kind of have to keep pushing ahead. And, and another phrase, oh my gosh, I have so many like phrases, mottos and things like that is make yourself relevant. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I may not be a blip on your radar now, but I'm going to make myself relevant and the tables are going to turn and you're going to come to me, you know, and it's like the situation is going to be completely different. Completely you have, different. you have all the negotiation power at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, again, it's, it's these moments and it's finding, you know, having this being really honest with yourself and it's like, okay, this is, these are the tools that I have. This is what I am capable of. Let me do it to the max that I can as opposed to sitting here and whining about, oh, they're not going to tell me yes. Okay, like, that's life. A lot of people aren't going to tell you yes. Yeah. Well, I want to switch directions just a little bit. I'd love to know, what is your definition of failure? Oh, gosh. It's so interesting because I'll be honest, like, I don't really, I don't think about failure. I really, it's not like a thing to me. It's like, uh, it, it's obviously I understand what the word is. I understand what it means, but it's like, it holds no value in your life. It really holds no value. Yeah. I mean, I'm, th I'm trying to even think of it. Like, even if like I'm thinking about working out and setting goals for myself and I'm like, Oh, okay. So, cause I, I, I try to stay very fit and I'm always giving myself different challenges to do. And let's say, Oh, I have the challenge to like run the marathon. And it's like, you know, I didn't run the whole thing. That's not a failure to me. It's like, Oh, I did the best that I could. And this is my new benchmark and I'm going to do better next time. So I don't know, just failure really isn't, uh, it's not really part of like my, my framework. Do people tell me no? Do people close doors? Do I, you know, maybe not have opportunities or lose opportunities? Yeah, that happens. Do I maybe not make the best decision? And maybe I'm like, oh man, that didn't really play out like I, I wanted it to. And that didn't work out as planned. I mean, all of those things can be looked at as failures, but I feel like the failure has such a heavy connotation with it. And I'm like, I don't got room in my life for that. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. just like, there's no room. And it's like, yes, I, again, I understand the term, but it's like, dude, there's no such thing as failure. It's just trying your best. I mean, I see people all the time. They get down on themselves and this and this. And I'm like, dude, do you realize that you can control your thoughts? And you're th and I know that sounds so silly, but it's like it's true. your thoughts, yeah. your thoughts, your outlook, your perspective. If you change it and you become outward facing and open and, uh, you know, positive, that in that definitely it bleeds into everything else. And so it, it really is so important that like you just got to put that positive energy out there. Look, I'm not going to say that people don't have bad days. You for sure. Look, it's, I'm not saying I don't get cranky. I don't snap. I, I'm not, I, not even to say that I don't have days that I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, I, I'm not like where I want to be. Sure. That's part of being human. That, that definitely happens. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, have your moment, vent, 
don't spiral because that's really easy to do when people get into spiral thinking. And it's like, look, this is what it is, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to look at the sky. I'm going to like be outside, get fresh air and change my attitude about things. Because really at the end of the day, you are the only person at the helm of your ship, you know, and it's like, you have complete control, even when you feel like you don't have control. So when people are like, I don't know what to do. I feel so stuck, this, that. And it's like, you have complete control. You don't like your situation. You don't think you make enough money. You don't think you can get to your goals. That's all you are putting those limitations on yourself. So as soon as you take that off of yourself, you're going to make changes. You're going to think better about things. You're going to create opportunities. Opportunities are going to come to you because you're putting that out there. So I don't know. Yeah. I get really passionate about this. I love it. <laughs> so you just, you just, I think you quoted like 12 quotes. So I like them all. Probably, <laughs> probably. Yes. Sometimes people look at failures, one side, success is the other. Mm -hmm. uh, so what is your definition of success? Oh gosh, that's, uh, that's another tough one. Um, I mean, success for me, it's, I don't know. It's like not one thing. It, it, for me, it's like mini goals and achieving those mini goals. I, I mean, and then at times you, I could also think of it as being like success will be when I'm, you know, I can't, I can't even say it because it actually, I'm like, it feels actually not authentic, but I was going to be like, you know, success is like when you're financially stable and like you're, you like, you're basically operating on all cylinders. You've got a great relationship. Your career is going well. you got family's good. Well, okay. It's like, let me, that's so broad. <laughs> let me, okay. Let me rephrase my question then. What yeah. does success mean to you? <laughs> I know. Um, uh, happiness being happy with your life is success. And I think that so often, I mean, life is a journey, you know what I mean? And it's, and, and when you really, really are truly like grateful for your life in that moment, that's success. And, and it's, it's a tough thing to wrap your mind around. I get it. It's even tough for me to kind of say this, because I have people at time, you know, for me, I have many more goals to achieve. And I, as all of us do, and I'll have people that they're like, oh my gosh, but you're so successful. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not that successful. Like I haven't achieved this yet and I haven't done this and I haven't done this. But then I stop and I'm like, oh, but they're seeing me. I'm happy. I'm doing what I love. I'm making opportunities happen. And I think that that is success is like really owning where you are in your journey and being forward focused and just continuing to go ahead. And I know that's like kind of a weird definition of success, but um, I don't know. That's the one that resonates the most with me. Are you successful? I am successful. I am. I'm totally, I am successful. I'm, you know, Again, I'm human, so at times I'm like, ugh, I'm not where I want to be. But then you stop and you have to be present in the moment and be like, cool, I know what those goals are. They are in front of me. And today, dude, things are pretty good. I can afford to get a coffee every day if I want to. Not everybody has that like luxury of having that expense. I'm happy about this. I have a roof over my head. I, you know, I appreciate what food I eat. I work out, you know, I'm like, this is pretty darn successful. <laughs>
Well, I have now some personal questions I want to ask you about sure. your job. Okay. Are you ready? I am. I want to know, what's the coolest place that you visited? Ooh. Okay. So this is kind of crazy. I, I actually, I fell in love with Dubai. Now, I know this is going to be crazy because so many people have these different, first of all, it's the Middle East. And I know that there's a lot of like negative um, conceptions of the Middle East. And um, there's also this idea that it's like the Vegas of the Middle East. So then it's like even flashier and whatever. But I actually really loved it. And I really saw it as very progressive, which is bold to say, I know. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are parts of it that they obviously, um, they take into consideration the history of the area. And so they are maybe like, you know, conservative in some elements. But the fact that they're the bigger, they, their whole thing is like, let's make the next thing that's like the bigger, the best, the baddest, all of that stuff. Um, we're on the outside. You might be like, these guys need to like chill out. Like everything doesn't need to like to be the biggest, baddest, bestest. But on another side that promotes innovation that promotes progress. And so being there, I was like, there are some amazing things happening here because they're striving to be bigger, better, the best. And so don't get me wrong. There are definitely elements of it. Then like culturally, there might be some things that might be a little wacky, but understanding that and seeing it from that perspective, I'm like, dude, th this is like a place where like dreams are coming true. Like the future, this is like a future city. So that's kind of cool. And that, that's why I was really impressed with Dubai. Who was the person that you, you interviewed that you were most excited to interview? Um, it's actually one of my most recent ones and it's Anthony Melcurry wow. from Hotel Impossible. Yeah. And, oh gosh. Okay. So really interesting story. Well, a little bit of backstory when it comes to the travel space, he and I are the only people that are like hoteliers in the space. Oh, okay. There are other people they like to travel, all that stuff. And about a year and a half ago, he started following me on Instagram and I'm like looking at his like Instagram. And I'm like, is he following a bunch of people? And I'm like, no, he's not. So he definitely sought me out. <laughs> and then, you, you know, you got to Insta stalk yeah. some people. I'm, I, I'm not above that. I definitely dig deep anyway. Um, gosh, <laughs> Oh, this is what happens when you live online, you get to know all the little nuances of the world. Um, so he started following me and then I posted something and he commented and I'm like, he commented, not only does he know I exist, but that he had enough, like what to like comment. And so, we, you know, we message friendly back and forth. Then I was traveling to New York and he lives in New York. Then he sends me a message, and this is over Thanksgiving, two years ago. Hey, um, oh, you're in the city. How long are you here for? We should meet up. And I'm like, what? He wants to meet me? This is nuts. So um, I'm like, yeah, totally cool. And I'm trying to play cool because it's like Thanksgiving, and I know he's a family guy. And I'm, but I'm like, dude, I can't. I have to like seize this opportunity. So we met in person, and we had a great meeting. He was so awesome. And I got to see so many different parts of his personality. And, you know, some people think of him as like this real hard ass because of how he is on TV, but he has a heart of gold and he's really, really such a great guy and a really smart businessman. And, um, after that, we kind of maintained our friendship and he'd come out to LA, we'd meet up and we'd like spend the afternoon just like catching up on things That's and talking awesome. about like, future trends in hospitality. Like we became legit friends. Um, and the end of, I, I can't, 
at the end of last year, I threw out this distant casual. I was like, hey, um, you know, I know your schedule's crazy, but maybe the next time you're in, you're in LA, if you give me some heads up, I'd love to do an interview with you. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. So it was funny. The start of the new year, I didn't even ask him. He was like, I'm coming, I'm coming to uh, Los Angeles, January 26th. Let's set it up and interview me. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I'll only take 20 minutes of your time. No big deal. Cause you know, when you've got like big people that you're interviewing, we have it down to a whole science and we're making shorter videos anyway. I don't need to interview somebody for a long time. Like the in and out, we respect their time. Of course. Yeah. And it's perfect. He sat with me for an hour and a half. I think we have enough footage for like 20 videos. <laughs> it's like crazy. Uh, and we had the best time talking and that was the I, that was the one that I think I was most excited about because it was somebody that's in my field and he gets it. Like we speak totally the same language and we'd become friends. And so it was so organic. It was like I was sitting down with like my buddy and we were catching up. So that's like what I loved about it. If I am flying to L.A. Mm -hmm. for a week, we'll say a week, what is the what is the one thing I must do while I'm in LA besides oh, come, besides go to the London and visit you? Well, yeah, that would be fun. That's always awesome. Um, okay, all right. So here's the thing. You're gonna make me concierge you. There's no one answer to that, and I, I'm not trying to avoid the question. I will come. I will come up with an answer for you. But let me explain why that's a tough question. Everybody's different. You're different. Your wife is different. The family is different. So it's hard to say one thing. Now, that being said, um, what I've really been enjoying a lot of lately has actually been exploring downtown. Now, that's interesting and it's tough for it's weird because it's not like the, when people think L.A., they don't actually think of downtown. They think of all the other places. Hollywood. And downtown is West like, Hollywood. yeah, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, Malibu. But then there's downtown. And downtown is like got a really different feel to it. It's like the soul of the city. And um, my new favorite place is it new-ish. I mean, it's been around for like a year and a half now. It's called the Broad Museum. And I don't know if you've been there, but it's a contemporary art museum. Now, let me say before everybody gets all like, oh, gross museums. I am not a museum person. I'm like, like I went to like the Louvre in Paris and I'm like, yawn, next please. Okay. So like, I, yeah, no, I'm like really snotty when it comes to art. My mom's an artist. So I grew up like in, in basically in art rooms my whole life. So when it comes to that type of stuff, I'm oddly, oddly critical anyway, <laughs> but the Broad, I love it. And um, they do contemporary art. And you know what I think really is that it's something that's relatable. And I don't think I'm the only one that would feel this way. It's, it's relatable because, because it's contemporary modern art. It's something that, you know, it's either images that we know, that we've seen. It's colorful. It's interactive. Um, so I think it really speaks to us as a generation now. And that's why I... I really love that. I mean, if you can, if you take me to a museum and I'm looking at paintings from like, you know, the 1600s, the 1400s, whatever, dude, that's amazing and impressive. But I also am kind of like, 
okay, it doesn't resonate with me. But the the Broad is pretty spectacular, and it's downtown, and it's just cool architecture, and it, I just think it's really reflective of where the world is going culturally. Is this everything so immersive and interactive and culture is, is just, it's changing and, and I like it. So, um, and there's a lot going on downtown. So, um, I love it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And I, under, I completely understand. I understand your, your, your dilemma because if someone says, <laughs> what, what song should I listen to? Well, I don't know. What You're music like, yeah, do you exactly. like? What do you, it's like, I know. So I, I completely understand. I, I knew that when I was going to ask the question, <laughs> I just want to hear what you were going to say. So I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, can you leave our listeners with sort of a takeaway of uh, something they can kind of chew on while they're pursuing their dreams? Yeah, um, definitely. It'll be a couple things. So I'm just going to start spewing. So, <laughs> so take notes. No, um, you know, kind of what I said before is to really take a step back and think big picture. Um, now, I say that with caution. Don't think big picture too much where you get overwhelmed because that can happen. But if you think big picture, the little things, they don't bother you. And it becomes really, really easy to, to, to prioritize. And that, that is really what life is. It's just a day to day things are thrown at you and you're daily, you're, you're prioritizing things every day. Also don't think linearly. I think that's the biggest thing, especially when we're talking about failure and we're talking about success. You know, you're, it's a straight line. It's like, oh, if I do this line and then I go there, this is what success is. But that's like not like the world we live in. Like, it, no, it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what your career path is. It's not the what it used to be, like how our grandparents worked at one place for, you know, 50 years. People don't do that anymore. So it's like, so off of that, you can't think linearly, you know, you want to get from, you know, point A to point B and that's your goal, which is awesome. But maybe don't think about doing the traditional path, you know, think outside the box. And that, I guess that's also kind of what, what goes with, um, don't think linearly is thinking outside the box because once you start doing that, failure isn't really part of the equation, you know, because you're just like, Oh, Oh, that's not an option, but quickly pivot and like, let's explore this and then explore this. So, so long as you're, you know, really kind of focused on the next thing and, and you don't like let the no's or the rejections or the, you know, not reaching certain goals at a certain time or whatever the case is, if you don't let those weigh on you with the weight of, Oh, this is a failure. You're good. Oh, and can I also say one? I got to say one more thing. Oh, I have to. Okay. Um, so I get really excited about this. Stop comparing your life to others. Don't compare it to what you see other people, what it looks like they're doing online for sure. And which is so hard because we all live online. So don't compare your life to others. Don't compare your timeline to others. If you're like, I thought I was going to be married by 30. You're not. Okay, fine. That's not happening, but it's like, whatever it is, what it is. And it's like, maybe you're married at 32. That's not a failure. So yeah. it's like, you can't, you know, have goals for sure. Or have an idea of what you want to do. You have to have direction, but it's like, if you sit here and compare yourself and your timeline and your, what it outwardly seems like other people are doing, you're just going to like bog yourself down and you're going to get into this like negative thought process and negative thought processes just like, they don't get you anywhere. 
I, I actually, oddly enough, um, had somebody call me up the other day that was kind of going through a bit of a struggle and was like, I'm just never going to get, I'm never going to get a house in three years. I'm not going to do this. And I'm like, all because of the job I took last week. And I felt bad because I was a little bit like harsh. I was like, dude, you don't like your job now. Change it. Yeah. yeah, but you don't understand. I don't have like that. I was like, no, I do understand. You don't like your current situation and only you can fix it. It doesn't matter. But yeah, but like I don't have like parents to help bail me out. Perfect. Nobody should. It's not the point. You only, even if you had parents to bail you out, only you can change your certain circumstances. So it really is about shifting the woe is me mentality and to just focus on what you can do. And if it's baby steps, if it's day to day, and it's like, okay, I can focus on this. This is the immediate next step. Because that's obviously the the opposite of side of where you're thinking too big picture and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get this dream house in three years? It's like, okay, that's a goal. Don't cry about it today. <laughs> like, Have that goal and work towards it. And then yeah. focus on what you can do in the day to day. Um Wow, I get really passionate about this Man, stuff. That was great, though. That was great. I hope you know what I'm going to do. I'll make sure that people can listen to the end of this because this is oh, like I, it's it's wonderful. I appreciate it, and and I asked for one, you gave me four, and that's just the way right. that you are. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh God, I got to overachieve and everything. Overachieve, yeah. So you are at askaconcierge.tv. Correct. And on Twitter, I, Twitter, Facebook. And Instagram as Ask a Concierge. Okay. And actually, if you put an Ask a Concierge on YouTube, you can see all my videos there too. But, awesome. you know, we can start with one platform at a time. Yeah. We're good. And, and, <laughs> and when are you coming into Nashville? You know what's so funny? I was just talking to somebody last night um, who's going to Nashville. And I realized, oh, my God, I haven't, I haven't been to Nashville yet. I am so overdue. So I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to do it this year. Do and it. we're going to hang. We are. And you, be awesome. and you always have a place to stay. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, I appreciate it. This was Sarah Dandeshi, and I appreciate it, Sarah. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Can we just talk real quickly about one of the quotes that she said that hit me so hard? It's not rejection. It's redirection. How many stories have you heard so far on these episodes where a door shuts and we can look at it like, well, I wasn't meant to do that. Or it can redirect us. It can change our direction where we may still end up being able to fulfill what we have dreamed to do. It just may look a little bit differently than what we had in our mind. The other thing that I thought was so amazing was look at how she has made herself relevant in this industry. She decided to create these videos and put out videos two times a week for a year. A lot of work. She wasn't making any money for this. She said she didn't make any money for the first five years of Ask a Concierge. It's a long time, but she was making herself relevant. So in your industry that you are pursuing, how do you make yourself relevant? Is it making videos, uh, creating songs, writing songs, paintings? Just think about ways that you can make yourself relevant your industry. In next week's episode, I'm so, so excited to share this with you, is Josh McLeod. He is a entrepreneur. He owns three nonprofits and one for-profit company. Here's a clip. 
I put in a three-month notice. Uh, I sold my house. I moved to an apartment, and I started traveling into the developing world. I spent seven years in 20 countries on you know 30 trips studying global poverty and what happened was is that my my kind of exposure to humanity just sort of exploded a lot of my idealism in success and what is success that's next week i'll see you then